Get to Old Navy now for February's biggest style steal. 40% off all jeans and tees. Jeans start at just 18 bucks for adults, 12 bucks for kids. With tees from just 7 bucks for adults, 6 bucks for kids. All jeans and tees are on sale, even your favorite rock star jeans. All jeans and all tees are 40% off right now. Don't miss out. Run into Old Navy and OldNavy.com today. Valid 211 to 221 excludes in-store clearance jeans and tees. Active licensed and men's package tees. Storm playing in USA was awesome with that. I mean, it was flawless from the moment I called them to getting that adjust out there to getting it approved. See how much you could save with USAA. Number paid for their participation. Five, five, four, four, three, three, two, one, one. When I had come down this hill, I had seen this creature cross the road. It would have ripped my locked door from my truck, extracted me from my vehicle, and there wouldn't have been a damn thing I could have done about it. This thing, I got to notice in its eyes. Its eyes was real, real evil, real sinister looking. Look, it was given. Sasquatch Chronicles, a place where people share their encounters. Let's start the show. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Thanks for being here tonight on this doubleheader weekend. If you've had an encounter and you'd like to be on the show, shoot me an email. My email address is wes at sasquatchchronicles.com. And if you get a chance, check out the website, sasquatchchronicles.com. Become a subscriber, get additional shows, help support the show, keep the show going. I really do appreciate you guys being here tonight. Got a very interesting encounter tonight. Going to be speaking to Randy. And Randy had a lot of interesting things going on and around his property. He's down there in Florida. Uh, he had a couple, couple times he had these creatures come up, bang on the house. Just strange things going on and around the property. And he could never really put his finger on what was going on. And it wasn't until one night he ran into one of these creatures. Literally. Uh, so look for that here in a moment. If you're a subscriber of the show, I, I know on Thursday night I spoke to Bob and very, very interesting encounter. Bob is, his mother actually was a veterinarian 
and his father, they both worked, his mother and his father both worked for the state fishing game. They worked for the Native Americans on the tribe. Anytime an animal got hit or an animal was injured, uh, they would call his mother out, his mom and dad out to take care of the animal, either put it down or um, knock it out so that they could help the injured animal. And one night they were called out to this large animal that got hit on the side of the road. And his mother describes it as being a half human, half gorilla. And she tried to put the, she tried to knock the animal out. She estimated it weighed between six and 900 pounds. Uh, but they go into full description on what they saw and what they experienced. I hope you get a chance to check it out. Thanks again for being here tonight. Let's jump right into it. Randy, thanks for coming on the show, man. I appreciate you being here. Thanks for having me. And if you would kind of start from the beginning, uh, what part of the country did this take place? And if you would, for the audience, just kind of walk them right into uh, the experiences you guys had on this property. Well, what had happened was it was, uh, I believe, uh, around October of 97, where my wife's father got sick. We lived down in uh, West Palm Beach, Florida at the time. They had brought, bought property up in, uh, it's a very small city called Interlochen, which is um, 30 minutes from Gainesville and about 45 minutes from Ocala. So it's kind of right in the middle there. We had, we had gone up there many times to visit. And we liked the place. I mean, it was nice. So when we, uh, we didn't hesitate, especially with him being sick, we knew. So I, my two kids were, well, they must have been nine and eight at the time. So the four of us packed up and went up there. We stayed with them uh, probably maybe four or five months. We went looking around for properties to rent because it, it's a very rural place, uh, a lot of dirt roads. They have like uh, a McDonald's and I think a little 7-Eleven, and that's about it. <laughs> so we, we, we came upon a property. We just happened to be driving back. It was uh, My kids were already going to school at this time. It's, it's an elementary school. And there's uh, a main, the main highway that runs uh, – I'm going to say north and south is 315. So their their elementary school was right off of 315. And we just decided to look back that way because it would be closest for us to get them to school. And we just ran into this property. They had signs out. Uh, it was a, six lots, all fenced in, double wide mobile home, which was perfect for us. The owner actually lived down here in West Palm, where I'm at right now, and we contacted him, and off, you know, we had the property. We, we were moving in, like, within a couple of days. So the first incident happened about maybe, maybe a little close to a week after we had first moved in, and um, I was working at night. I was cleaning restaurants. I had my own uh, business doing that. So I was usually out of the house. I was usually I had to wait till the restaurants closed. So I would usually leave my house around nine, get home probably could be anywhere from 1 a.m. to 4 a.m. depending on how busy I was. So 
Uh, one night I was coming home, and as I pulled up my dirt road where my house was, I saw two police carts outside of my house, and I freaked out because I didn't know what was going on. Back then, there were no cell phones, so I had no way anybody could have called me. So I jumped out of the car, and uh, there, were, there were two police officers that were in my yard towards the back of my house with flashlights. And what, it, what had happened was something hit the side of my house. Uh, my wife described it as sounded like a truck ran into it. So she flipped, called the police. There was nothing that they could see. And what they thought was that it was a deer had run, maybe got confused and hit the side of the house. They said it happens up there a lot, which, you know, I never had anything like that in my life. I've, I saw plenty of deer when I went up there, lived up there, but uh, I never had any experiences with any deers before. So the next morning I went out to look because it was, we didn't have motion detector lights or anything because we had just moved in. There was one window on that side of the house, which was uh, where my kid's room was. And there were two big indentations above the top of the window. So uh, estimating it now, I, I would have to say the window to the top of the window had to be at least maybe seven feet because you've got the foundation of the mobile home, which is cement, which has got to be at least, I would think, three feet and then the mobile home is above that. So I'm guessing somewhere around the top of the window would be at least seven feet. And these two indentations were parallel to the top of the window. I didn't think, I didn't know anything of it because I honestly had never gone out and looked at the outside of the house. For all I knew, they were already there. I was just looking to see if there was anything else that I could see because I hear I was expecting to see holes because it was alum it's aluminum siding on the mobile homes. I was expecting to see holes from antlers or something that would tell me that that's what happened, but there was nothing. What you mean when you say indentations, do you mean uh, like something had actually hit it like with a fist or what did it look yeah. like? It looked to me like if you took, they were about the size of a softball, not a baseball, but a softball. And they, one was in deeper than the other. The one on the right hand side push the, the aluminum siding in almost perfectly round. And the other one, yeah, the one on the left-hand side was, was not as pronounced as the one on the right, but you could still make it out that they were, it, it was, it would, that's where whatever hit the house. That's where it was. That's where it happened. It had to be. The window never broke. Uh, it woke my kids up and cause they went screaming, but my wife, my, our, my bedroom, my wife in my bedroom was on the opposite side of the house, and she said it shook the entire house because she was in bed. So imagine what the kids were asleep and it hit their window. So we went. Uh, my wife's son, my stepson, came up there, and uh, we went and got motion detector lights and put them on all four corners of the house. Just for just 
just for safety, you know, just because it, it was so, we're, you're so alone there. We had one neighbor across the street, down a ways, who was probably at the time, he had to be in the 70s. So, you know, if anything, and, and the police there, it's like, forget it. You call the police, by the time they can even find your property, it's probably different now. But back then, you know, there's so many different dirt roads. It's like you could get lost in there very easily. Anyway, my property, as I said, it was uh, six lots, which is probably an acre and a quarter, I believe. But it was all fenced in. Back of the property, there was a dirt road that went completely around my property. The back end of my property was a swamp that ran up. kind of catty corner to my property and then around behind my neighbor's house. Not a huge, like I was just looking on Google maps and I think I found it finally. So uh, I'm not going to tell, say I'll tell you what the uh, address was and then you can look at it later. Cause I really don't want to release that right now. Yeah. You don't have to say it on the air. Okay. Um, so, we had there were no incidents for nothing had happened everything but we had three dogs one of them was a huge mastiff had to be 140 pounds and they stayed outside they they slept on the front porch they patrolled the property anybody came near our property and those dogs were right out there and but you know it was very rarely you had the mailman that came once a day and then, you know, that was really it unless somebody was lost or, you know, uh, the neighbor went to the store and came back. You'd hardly ever saw any foot traffic or, or any cars going by our house except for who lived there. If we saw a car we didn't recognize, then we knew, you know, they're either lost or they, they shouldn't be where they're over here right now. So I think I, I would like – I'd say it was probably about maybe a month and a half after – the house getting hit that we were out we were barbecuing and it was late not real late but like nine ten o'clock and we heard uh, i can't describe the scream except that it was so loud and went on for so long it was almost like as it was happening you were just waiting for it to end and it just didn't it just kept going and as it reached its crescendo at the end, you could practically feel it in your stomach because it went from a sh- like a scream, a woman's scream, to a, a almost like a bellow that was very, very deep. That's how, and, and it was like, if you've ever been in a car that somebody has, a, you know, a huge, like a stereo, the really good bass to it, where you can feel it beating in your chest, that's what, that's what this reminded me of. And we called... The, the and I'm not sure if it was the sheriff's department or if it was like a, a county police, whatever. Uh, they didn't come out, but they had wildlife came out, and the the guy came out like three days after this happened, and we ex- explained everything to him what happened, what it sounded like, and he said that it's possible it was a Florida panther. And the minute I heard that, I. I'm like, oh, my God, because my kids were always playing outside, going around the property. And I, but they hadn't had any reports of any panthers for like 12 years, he told us. He said, I, and I'm like, well, what else could it have been? And 
he's like, that, that's really the only thing that's going to make you know, a noise you're describing. It could have been a bobcat. There's no, there's no coyotes or anything like that up there. And it definitely wasn't a dog. There's just no way. So he more or less gave us his card and said, if it happens again, call me. Well, it happened again and again and again. It was like clockwork for almost two weeks straight between nine and 10 o'clock every night. It got to the point I called him and called him and called him and he never even came back out to investigate him. So my kids were forbidden to go outside unless I was out there with them. They couldn't leave our house to go to their friends if they, unless we drove them there in the car because I was, we were both petrified that it was a Florida panther or, or something that could kill somebody. So the noises stopped just to, all of a sudden one night, nothing. And then nothing at all. Nothing happened at all for probably now we're in 98. So the next thing that happened was probably a good, three or four months later where my dog started getting out. They were digging under the fence and I would patch up the fence and they'd go to a new spot and dig up another way and get out. They never really did anything. They just went around the neighborhood. They always came back. Well, they were gone one day and I went out to see which way they went under the fence so I could go fix it again. And the whole, it was a chain link fence, probably four foot high that went around the whole house. The top bar of the of one section of the fence was bent down almost in the shape of a V. The, the, when it came to a point, it was probably almost touching the ground. And those bars, I have them on a fence where I live right now. You can't bend those things by hand. It's impossible. Yeah. So I figure maybe something fell. There were no trees. There was nothing. We had no storms. And I know the dogs couldn't have done it. Even if they had jumped or tried to jump over the fence and landed on the top, there was just no way that bar was going to bend. So the only thing I thought of was maybe somebody's trying to case the house and to rob it. And this is like if they could pull their car around the back of the house, no one would know they're there, push the fence down, go in, steal the stuff, and go. I never thought anything other than that. The police came out again by this time. They knew us very well. And they had no explanation for it either. They had, they, there was just nothing that could have done that. I remember the one cop said something. I don't remember what he called it, but there's another city over um, a ways from us going towards Jacksonville that had some kind of sightings or um, a mythical creature throughout the years that, that they talked about. I don't know. It wasn't called a woolly booger, but it has some weird name that they associated with. I'm, I'm trying to think of the city. If I can remember it, uh, I'll say it. And then maybe whoever, if anybody lives around that way that's listening, they may know what I'm talking about. But the cop made a comment like that, but I didn't know what he was talking about. You know, in other words, it's a boogeyman or whatever. Uh, so the fence gets fixed. The dogs are still digging under the fence and getting out. Uh, we had a, an incident one night 
we had all gone out to Walmart. Uh, the dogs would always stay up on the porch, in the house, or right up on my front porch when we left. Unless somebody happened to go by, then they'd go charge the gate, and then they'd go right back. That's where they slept, everything. So we come home with our groceries, get out of the car. The dogs are not on the porch, so I'm thinking, oh, God, they got out again. And this, now at this time, it's night, so there's no way I was going to go walk around looking for them. But I did. After we put the groceries away, I went out, and I walked around the outside of the property with the flashlight, and they were all in the corner of the property, not sleeping, but they were like all shaking, especially if when it's the big one. I mean, I thought maybe they had gotten poisoned or, or something had happened to them. Somebody had done something. There. I told you when I first talked to you that one of them had gotten shot by a neighbor, which was when we first moved in there. So that was kind of weird. They finally came around and came back up to the front of the house, but it took quite a while. I remember we gave them Benadryl. We gave each one of them a Benadryl tablet because we thought maybe they ate something. We had tons of water moccasins and um, diamondback rattlers up there. So we didn't know if there was a snake bite or what the heck they got into. But by the next day, they were fine. There was no signs of them being sick or anything. As we went on, the scream started again. But they were sporadic. You might hear one at once a week, and then you wouldn't hear anything for a month. But you, whatever it was, it was letting us know that it was there. So anyway, fast forward to uh, probably must have been the summer or getting close to summer of '99. We had apple and orange trees on our property. I think we had four apple and three oranges or might be the other way around. And we would go out when, when they all were ripe, we'd, you know, we'd make a, not a day of it, but we, the kids were young. They enjoyed it. We'd go out there with the ladder and we'd go picking fruit, bring it in. And so we had planned to go out and do it. They were just about ripe and especially the apple tree. The apple tree was pretty tall too. It was probably had to be at least 23 tall. So, um, and they were full. Uh, we, I went out there to check to see if they were okay. They, were, they all looked like they were just about ready to be picked. So uh, a couple of days later, we got our baskets and went out, and there was not one fruit on any tree. Not even, and there were none on the ground. They just vanished. And they were there because I saw them. And I'm thinking, well, how could this happen? I know that I don't think the neighbor would have come over. There's never any kids on our around our place except for my two. And, you know, it just was like, what the heck? So I went over to my neighbor. I wasn't great friends with him, but I was pretty good friends. He helped me fix my car a couple of times. And I went over and asked him if he had seen anybody around the property because all my, my fruit is gone. And he took me to the back of his house and pointed to where he had trees, fruit trees. And he said, that's why I don't have any fruit trees anymore. And he left it at that, and I didn't know what the hell he was talking about. He had, but the fruit trees he did have, 
he must have taken a chainsaw to them and cut them down because they were at the, they were the, there was still the base, the, the tiny stump sticking in the ground, but he just went out there and cut them down completely. But I, I just blew it off as well. He's in his seventies. Maybe he's a little senile and he doesn't know, you know, maybe he just doesn't know what he's talking about, but that's where that ended. There was really nothing I could do. I couldn't, wasn't going to call the police to tell them they are, you know, my, my fruit is gone. I mean, what, I'm sure they wouldn't have rushed out to my house. They had been to my house so many times to begin with, they probably were thinking we were all crazy, which we weren't. It was just we were in a situation that we didn't know how to, to go about getting anything done. I never knew back then about any kind of skunk apes. I, I, I had seen the original uh, Patterson video in the movies when I was a kid, but I thought that was generally a, a Northwest, you know, Oregon, Washington, upstate California type of thing. Never heard of anything down here at all. So that never even entered my mind. I was more or less worried about, like I said, that it was a panther. So as we entered um, fall of 99, everything was very, very quiet. There was no problems at all. The only problems that we did have, which I just thought was minor, but thinking back on it now, it may not have been, was our motion detector lights came on all the time. And, I mean, if you're familiar with that, we had on the four corners of the house, so two are, two are at the front of the property, two are at the back of the property. The dogs are in the front. How do the back ones go off? So I'm thinking, well, maybe it's just the lights are mal- malfunctioning. Maybe the if the trees blow in the wind, it might set them up. There's a million different things that could cause it, but they did a lot. And one of them was where my bedroom was, and I, it would wake me up because it was right there. And it, they were really, really bright. I'd get up, look out the window. There's never anything there. So we just, I just blew that off as just malfunctioning motion detectors. Um, but anyway, the culmination of the whole thing happened in February of, I believe it was either January or February of 2000. Um, I was a Friday evening. It was very cold. Up there, when it goes down, it, it, it can get down there, but I, it was probably in the low 30s that night. It was very, it gets cold up there during the winter, not down here where I'm living now. That never happens, but up there it does. And um, it was a Friday night. I was off. My kids had two of their friends spending the night. So they all decided they were going to go out and walk around the outside of the property on the dirt road with flashlights and, and just play around and nothing had been happening. And, uh, you know, my wife and I said, all right, we had our windows. A couple of the windows were open cause we loved it when it was cold. So we'd be able to hear them and see them. But I decided that I was going to go out and scare them. So as they were getting ready to go, I ducked out the back door I, I didn't have a flashlight with me or anything because I knew exactly what I was going to do. I ran through the back of my property, got to the fence, jumped over the fence, and I could hear them leaving the house, coming out my front gate. So I ran across the dirt road, and I there's trees there across the dirt road, all down that road. 
There's trees everywhere. But as I'm running full speed to hide by a tree, I ran full speed into something that knocked me back. It wasn't like hitting a wall, but it was just like very hard to describe. I knew I knew I didn't hit a tree because I didn't I wasn't running in that direction. I was actually looking as I was running and it just all of a sudden happened and just I flew back and landed on my ass and I was stunned. I've had concussions in my life from sports and this was kind of on that where your head is just like you're not you, you can't get your bearings right away. But as I started to get my bearings and was able to look up, there's this thing standing there. And the feeling that I got, besides utter fear that I'm about to die, was my kids are coming. But I could not move. The size of this thing and being that close to me, I mean, it couldn't have been more than two feet away from me at this point. It had one arm holding on to the top, not the top, but pretty high up on the tree. And it just glared at me. It, its mouth never moved. It never showed its teeth. It had kind of human characteristics facial-wise. But, the, I mean, this whole thing probably lasted two minutes if, if, if somebody had timed it. It felt like it was three hours. But in, all, in that time, I could, I, get, I could see almost every detail because it was a full moon. I mean, I, the, I, it looked to me like it had mange. Like it was missing a lot of hair it should have had. And there were scabs. The longest part of its hair hung from its shoulders, which were so wide, they had to be at least five feet, had to be five feet wide, the shoulders, came down to a a very slim waist, but the legs were huge, the the thighs, the only thing I didn't look at was its feet, its thighs and calves were just like double the size of mine. I mean, I'm not a huge guy, but I'm around 200 pounds, 5'9", and my legs are actually pretty good, pretty big, but this thing was twice a month. And its biceps and the length of its arms was what, you know, that was, I I think the most thing I was scared was that it was going to reach over and grab me which a normal human wouldn't be able to do at that distance, but he could have grabbed me very easily and just broke my neck. Well, I'm saying he, I'm not even 100% sure it was he because I didn't look at that part. Or I, I, the way it was turned, I couldn't actually tell. I didn't see breasts, but um, the head, it, ha- it had no neck. The back of its head had a little bit of hair, but it was almost like it was balding where it was almost a grayish color to the skin uh, all the way down into the face. And the bottoms of the hands were grayish. 
the hair that was on its body was like a reddish brown. But like I said, it was very sporadic. Uh, it, it had to have had some kind of mange because we had found uh, puppies that somebody had abandoned a few months uh, before this happened. And they all had mange. And they looked, that's the first thing it reminded me of because it looks, it's like very, a uh, bunch of scabs. And it almost looks like the, the skin has like been scratched raw. And where it becomes a big scab. But this was the majority of its body. Its chest, there wasn't. Its chest was uh, was big. But it also had that grayish tone to it. How tall do you think the creature was? Well, those trees there, I'm not a tree um, expert. I mean, I have some mango trees right here. When I was talking the other day, I was outside and I was looking at the trying to compare the mango trees to the trees that were up there though those were those were bigger around i mean i have a huge mango tree in my front yard but these were more they had to be maybe 12 12 inches around but they were all spaced out all over the place up there but that it looked to me with his hand grabbing the tree that it had to be like his hand was reaching up possibly 10 feet. So you would have to put this thing in between uh, somewhere around seven foot. I know it was, a, it was, it was definitely bigger than I was. There was just no question about that. And as I said, it went, it probably, the whole thing probably was over and it might even been less than two minutes. I'm just guessing on that part, but it felt like it was just it went on forever. And I was waiting for it to just, decide what it was going to do looking straight into its eyes and trying to determine what it was thinking or you know so if it was going to make a a lunge for me i could try to move even though i was just i pissed my pants when i saw this thing and i'm not lying that's the truth this thing scared me i've never had a scare like this or that in my life and i hope to god i never do but I could hear the kids coming, and that's the only thing that cleared, kept my mind clear. Because if if I was just there and I didn't have something else to to try to figure a way out of this, I mean, I, who knows what would have happened? But I may have flinched or moved as I heard the kids getting closer, and then it just gracefully, as it was, it was already holding the tree, one of the trees. It reached over and grabbed another, and it's almost like it paralleled by grabbing the trees right back back off into the swamp. I even heard it go into the water. So, but it was just, uh, it was just so graceful. I mean, it was like, it was like if you'd see a gymnast in the Olympics, the way it just like it knew, or that's how it got through those trees. Like it was used to it as when it was fine. When I heard it go in the water was when I could finally move. And like I, I, the first thing I had to do was get the kids. And I got up, went back, went out on the dirt road, and they were coming. I could see the flashlights, and they were right down by the swamp. And I started yelling, "Get in the house! Get in the house!" And they, they all got scared. They did. They thought I was joking at first, and I said, "I'm not kidding. Get in the house." Well, they ran back up on the porch. I was right behind them. And as I was closing the gate, they were already on the front porch. They could smell me. 
had to be 30 feet away from her. And the first thing they said was, what is that smell? I didn't even notice it <coughs> until they said that. And when I did, I said, oh, uh, there's a skunk over there and they could have rabies. I don't want you guys out. But my wife came out at this point and the smell, I wouldn't, I didn't go up on the front porch because it was starting to really, it was making my eyes water. My wife, when she opened the door, she immediately smelled it. I didn't want to tell her what happened. I just said, I think I got sprayed by a skunk. I told her I was going to scare the kids. And anyway, she made me take my clothes off outside. I went around the back, took my clothes off, rinsed myself off with the hose, even though it was freezing outside. Couldn't get it off of me. Went in the house and was in the shower for about an hour trying to get the smell off of me. And I couldn't get it off of me. It lasted probably for three days. I was ready to, my wife was ready to make me sleep in the car. That's how bad it was. I had to, I had to bag up my clothes and I didn't want to put them in our garbage because they only picked up our garbage once a week. And I didn't want it to be, because it was like a, I don't know if you're familiar with septic systems. We had ours go bad out when we lived at that house. And this was like the smell of a dump. If you've ever driven by one or, or been near one where it has like a sweet kind of, it's, it's a horrible smell, but there's something about it. It kind of smells kind of sweet and also mixed with, bad body odor like somebody hadn't or probably maybe never had used uh, deodorant or you know and, and is out sweating for days on end and I've smelled some people like that in my life so uh, but combine the two and then that it just didn't come off of me it was I, and the worst part about it is I guess when I hit it I was running head on so it covered it was like from my eyebrows all down to my legs. that And so I was constantly smelling it. I never got used to the smell. It, but as you can, a lot of times with smells, you can, because I, I mean, I have dogs in my house now and I have people come over and they'll say, I can smell your dogs. I don't smell them because I'm used to it. I could never get used to this smell. There's no way. Never smelled anything like it. And I've never smelled anything like it since that's happened. We never smelled that when we lived up there because I would have noticed it or somebody would have noticed it because it's just horrible. But anyway, after this happened, I'd say maybe 10 days to maybe possibly two weeks, we were out of there. I wouldn't stay there. Not after that. We moved back down here and I, I quit my job up there and my wife she, I never told her what happened. My kids don't know what happened to this day. But I just said, that's it. We're done. I can't work up here anymore. We're not going to be able to live here. We can come up and visit your dad, you know, but we're, we're, we're leaving. So we did. We packed up, and I, I could not wait to, to drive away from that property. I never looked back. I've never been back since then. And I probably... Even though now that I know more about what it was and I'm intrigued by it, 
I'd, I'd like to go and do like research. I mean, there's, but not up there. I would go down here cause there's a lot of places that there's sightings up down here too. But I mean, every picture I've ever seen or video, um, and I've watched hundreds of them and seen hundreds of pictures. There's not one of them that comes close to what this thing looked like. Not, not one of them. Now, whether this thing was uh, just something nobody knew about, except for, you know, like my neighbor, and maybe there was only one, I don't know. But I do know that I've read another report, which is on um, BFRO, if you look under Florida sightings, there's one that happened uh, to another family, which was not very far from where we lived. And it was uh, like a bunch of occurrences over a certain amount of years. And I'm pretty sure I even know where the property is because it, um, it, it was only like not even 10, 15 minutes from our house. Uh, it's a very, very, um, not a well-known, but they have a certain type of tree in their yard, a huge tree that looks like a hand. And that's what they described in the, um, the report that I read. So that's why I'm thinking that that house was not even 10 minutes from our house. And plus we were 30 minutes from the Ocala national forest. But I think whatever that this thing was exclusive to where, where we lived, I think that we, it, when we moved in, because nobody had lived in our house for several years. So I guess it had its free reign. It could take all the fruit it wanted to. Um, I mean, not that there was anything else there it could do, but, and nobody bothered it because there was nobody there. If the neighbor must have known about it, he cut his trees down and maybe solved the problem right there. When you were looking at the face of this creature, how would you describe it? Would you describe it more of a non-human primate or would you describe it more of a human looking more human? How, how would you place it? I mean, you got a up close personal encounter with this thing. It looked like a cross, a crossbreed, if there's such a thing, of a human and an ape. It had the ape characteristic. It had the, the no neck, the head wasn't, you know, it didn't come up into a cone like I've seen some of them. This, it almost looked like a bald man, an, an older man. But I've worked at hospitals before and I've been in morgues and the color of its skin, which I could see plenty of because it was missing so much hair, was a dead gray color. There was no mistaking. The moon was not making it look any different. Um, its eyes were black. There was no shine. Well, because the moon was behind it. There was no, I mean, they might, they might have been colored, but they looked black to me or dark, dark brown. The nose was flat, almost like it was like somebody had broken some, uh, a nose where it was pushed in. And the mouth, it never opened its mouth. It never even moved its mouth the entire time. But it had a very long mouth line, but thin lips. The lips were very, very thin, but it, the mouth was, let's see, mine, maybe four or five inches long. This thing was, you know, had to be. 
almost reminded me of the Joker on Batman as far as how how wide the mouth was. But I never saw its teeth. Um, the ears had there was there was some hair that was around the ears, so I couldn't really make out what they looked like. Um, but you know, the the thing that got I think if it had ever snarled at me or did I. I I don't even want to tell you what I would have done because I already, you know, I already pissed my pants. There's only one other thing I could have done at that point. But uh, the thing that really got me was the shoulder length and the arms and the legs. I mean, you just don't, you don't see something that big. Uh, the only, I mean, the only thing I can equate it to is when I went to my first uh, NBA game. Actually, yeah. Seeing them courtside and how big they really are compared to you. But I also was in the bathroom. I used to live up in Boston. I was in the bathroom at a restaurant, and one of the Boston Celtics came in as I was going to the bathroom and stood right next to me. And it's, you know, you don't, it's not something you see every day, a human being that's seven foot tall. You know, you just don't. But it, uh, height wise, and the, shoulder width and, and the arm length and the tree trunk legs this thing was definitely healthy i can say that much but it had that grayish tone to its skin which was almost like 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 a dead a person that's dead that that's the color that it was and then it had the the uh, brownish auburn hair sporadically around or on its body so from the pictures you've seen and the videos you've seen, what is it that they don't have right from what you saw? Well, if you know, which I'm sure you do, you know the famous um, skunk ape pictures that the lady supposedly took on her property? They're very, I mean, they've been like on, I've seen them show them on TV and everything. I used to think that that was real because I was like, how could somebody fake that? It, it looked, it just looked real to me. This looked nothing like that. There's just, that's why I thought, you know what, that thing really almost looked like an orangutan to me. Whereas this thing was like a human and some type of ape combined to, to look this way. You know, I, it's just, I've never seen anything online, no videos, nothing that comes close to what I saw. It's just, uh, and I, you know, I kind of consider myself privileged that I was able to see as I, you know, as the weeks and the months went by, I kind of, I think of it as almost like a religious experience. You know, as scared as I was, I just, to be in that position and to have something like that happen to you, it's, it's almost like a miracle where... I look at it now that I believe in these things. You know, I, it, there's so many people out there that I, I see it every day. I belong to a bunch of Bigfoot groups on Facebook. And they get there's so much turmoil. There's so much drama. You know, this person hates that person. This one's a hoaxer. This one's, you know, I don't even get involved in it. I just try, I like to keep up with it. There's new videos and new sightings. I started listening to your show a couple of weeks ago, and I really enjoy it. But I don't want to get involved in the drama part of it. I mean, I think that's crazy. These things are out there. 
I, I would, I swear to God, this happened to me. And I, I, like I said, I consider myself privileged that I had this happen. I kind of wish I had a sighting where it was further away from me and I could see it and justify what I saw. And that would be the end of it. I, I just, I don't like the way mine happened because it scared the crap out of me. I don't, I, I, I don't know how I would have reacted if I saw this thing 20 feet away from me, but running into it at full speed and then it being that close to me, there's just that, that, that there's nothing like that that will ever happen to me again in my life. Yeah, no, I hear you. A lot of people find Jesus. A lot of atheists find Jesus and find prayer in moments like this uh, when they're face to face with these things. You know, it's well, you're, you're. I think I said this to you the other day. The, I guess basically all basically all humans are the same. You know, when we're faced with a crisis situation, they always say it's fight or flight, whatever. That that, that didn't apply to this because. Like I said, if it had flinched, I don't think I still could have got away or even attempted to because I was frozen with fear. Maybe it would be different for if it happened to somebody else. If I had a weapon, which I never kept guns on my property because of the kids, I don't even think I would have been able to use it. As scared as I was, there's just no, there's no way. Plus, if I did have a weapon and shot it, I probably wouldn't, I would have felt horrible because it, it would have been like shooting a person. That, that, that's the way that I look at it. it it's not, uh, they're not far off from us. You know, they're just, maybe there's different type, different types around the world, but I think they're all basically the same, except, you know, some might look different than others a little bit. I know that they're, they're, um, their hair color varies from region to region, from what I've seen. Uh, it's not the first time that I had heard about the, the hair color, the one that I saw down here. I've read reports where they've almost said the same color. I never, never saw or read a report where they said they had uh, gray skin tone. Yeah, no, I've talked to many witnesses that uh, have described that gray skin tone. You know what's... Have you? I've never seen it. I've never... Yeah. I heard I mean, I if you like when you watch the um, Patterson video as it's walking away after it does its turn. If you look at the bottom of its feet, now this is in the colorized version. I've, I don't, I'm sure you've probably seen that too. Yeah. But the color of the soles of its feet were the same color as the skin on this one, which was a it was a gray. Like the only thing I can describe it is a dead gray color. So, yeah, and I'll send you some links of some shows I've done recently. A lot of the witnesses I've had on recently describe that gray color skin, and you know it, it's um it's an interesting encounter. You ran full speed into this thing, and it didn't really flinch one bit. It never moved. It never moved. As soon as when I finally, I immediately thought I hit a tree. That was all that could that I could have done. But then, you know, my mind was like all scrambled, and I'm thinking I would have seen the tree because I was looking straight ahead. So it's almost like it must have walked out in front of me as I was running. Because I, I mean, I don't think I was knocked out. I more or less had no bearings. My head was spinning because of the the, the force of the, of me hitting it. But 
when I finally was able to look up, it it had its hand already on the tree. It was already holding the tree and was just looking at me. It never moved until a minute or however, however long it was. Maybe it heard the kids because all of a sudden it just parallel through the trees right into back into the swamp. I started thinking maybe they live or in the water because we had gone over there by the swamp a couple of times to go fishing, but there's so many water moccasins. I would say, forget it. This is not worth it. I'm not getting bit by a poisonous snake. There's hundreds of them. So um, I don't know how these things get, get around it <laughs> with the snakes, <laughs> but I think it did not, it looked, it was in tip top shape. And so this was 1999 or 2000, I'm sorry, February of 2000. So you're talking a little over 16 years ago. And it, I mean, it, it may still be there. If, if that's where its home is. And I've contacted a couple of people that do research here in Florida and never heard anything back. So Yeah, it's interesting too, the other thing you said, uh, about its face, you know, it, there's something about their face and the way they look. Uh, I've talked to many hunters who've had them in the scope of their rifle where they could have pulled the trigger and mm-hmm. had a perfect headshot. And actually, I take that back. I've probably talked to about three hunters, maybe four. And what's interesting is every one of those hunters I spoke to, I asked them, why didn't you pull the trigger? And there's a couple different reasons. One is they, you know, really wasn't threatening them. But the other thing I thought was fascinating when I spoke to them is they said there was something about the face. It almost, it wasn't human, but it had human characteristics. So when they were looking at it, right. they almost felt like, yeah, I can't pull the trigger. I, I just, this wouldn't be the right thing to do. And despite what people think, most hunters are actually very ethical people. Uh, but they, they've all said the same thing. You know, I, I felt like it would have uh, felt like I was like killing a person, even though deep down, as you talk to them, you interview them, you realize, and even they realize it's not a person, but there's human characteristic traits about what they're seeing to where it's difficult for them to pull the trigger. I wish that I had a better view of its eyes. But as I said, the moon was behind it. So the only thing that I had, the night sky was still lit up from it being a full moon. But I couldn't, the eyes just look black to me. And I know if I, if I had a better view of them, then you can tell from me reading other reports that you can just see intelligence when they look at you. And I wish that that happened, but it didn't. They just looked black to me. And the face was emotionless. Not one wrinkle moved. The nose didn't sniff. The eyes didn't blink. The eyes looked like they were wide open, though. I never noticed them blink at all, but they looked just black to me. And um, the mouth never moved. The whole body was almost like it looked like a statue just standing there, perfectly still. And uh, the only thing, as I said, was I, I think it may have heard or must have heard my kids coming. And they had flashlights. And unless it caught one of the beams of the flashlight out of the corner of its eye. I couldn't tell if it was looking at all. It wasn't moving. But then all of a sudden, it just left. It just just went off like it 
about its own business. You know, it, it could have killed me. There's, I have no question that thing could have killed me if it wanted to. And it could have killed my kids. It could, it could have killed everybody that lived in the whole area if it really wanted to. And, you know, unless somebody shot it and killed it. But I, it, I think it was just, this is what it, that's where it lived. We moved in. Maybe it bothered it because it had free reign, you know, with our fr- the fruit trees in our yard, and nobody was living there except for the neighbor across from us. He probably knew about it, cut his trees down, so it probably never even bothered him. So, you know, we were encroaching on its home when we moved in, and I guess maybe it was telling us, hey, I was here before you were. Yeah, I think it's interesting, too, the Sasquatch's behavior. You know, most wild animals, while you'll rarely ever run into something like that, you know, most grizzly bears, bears, deer, they're they're gone. They hear you coming and they're gone. Uh, But running into it and then having it just stand there and look at you, uh, you know, like you're nothing. I mean, you didn't startle it. You didn't scare it. You don't terrify this thing one bit. And then to hear the kids coming up and then it turns and just kind of walks off. It doesn't run off. It wasn't like a flash, you know. It, it, it didn't just walk off. No, that, that's not what it did. It was grabbing the trees and gliding through through the trees. It was, it, its feet were off the ground. It was using the trees to get to where it was going. That's how it did it. It didn't walk. I know that for a fact. I never really paid much attention to the feet, but I could tell they weren't touching the ground. It just, it was so graceful. I've seen videos of other, you know, monkeys, chimpanzees, whatever. And when they go from tree to tree, it's very graceful. There's no, you know, they don't usually miss grab. They just, they just go along with the way it was. That's what this did. It never touched the ground until maybe it did when it got further away from me. I couldn't see anymore, but that's how it got out of where it was. That's really interesting. So it was actually hanging on the trees as it from one tree to the next. Yeah, it would, it would. It already had its hand on the one and never moved from that. That stayed there. And as it turned, let me see that. It had its right hand up on the tree in front of me. That's the one that never moved. When it decided to just go, it reached with the left arm and grabbed a tree adjacent to that one, and then just glided right through. And then I did hear it splash into the water. And then that was it. But uh, I've never read anything about them doing that before either. So it may have just done it because it maybe was a spur of the moment thing. Or, I mean, there's no telling now. Well, I definitely do get reports of them in trees. Did you ever tell your wife what really happened that night? No. She She has her suspicions that something happened there. Because my demeanor and uh, everything changed after that night. I wasn't the same person I was before it happened. I was just a mess as far as like uh, anxiety. And I I probably should have gone to a doctor because I just was almost to the point where I just... I wanted to get in the car and just leave all the stuff there and go. I wasn't even concerned with any of my belongings. I just didn't want to be there because I didn't know what this thing really was capable of. 
I, you know, and I didn't want anything to happen to my kids or my wife. And, you know, it, it, there's no telling what could have, I mean, it, like I've said it a hundred times, it could have killed me, you know, like nothing could have snapped my neck. No one would have ever known what happened to me, except that I, something happened and I died in the, in the woods behind my house. Nobody would have ever said, well, maybe it was a skunk ape or whatever you want to call it. That, that would be the last thing anybody would think of. They'd probably just think I ran into a tree and broke my neck. That was it. So This must have haunted you for the last 16 years. It, it has. It's, but as I said, it's almost gotten to the point where it's like, I consider myself honored to have had that happen to me because it doesn't happen to everybody. There's people that are go out that are out in the field for years and years and years. And, you know, maybe they might hear wood knocks or, or maybe they may find some hair. Uh, maybe they may hear audio, of them, you know, yelling, whatever, but seeing one, that's the true privilege. I, I, I wouldn't want to, I would love to see another one, but not like I saw mine. I'd love to be able to go out in the field and see them and video it. And be, that would be just great, but far away from me because I don't, I wouldn't want to be that close to, that's the only bad part about the whole experience. I wish I had seen it before that and had known that something was there that I couldn't explain. I might never have done what I did. I would never have taken that chance if I knew something like that was out there. But they have black bears up there. That never even crossed my mind. Maybe there's a bear over here because our garbage never got, you know, knocked over. Um, but the wildlife that we did have, when we, like, when we first moved in, uh, I remember, like, the first or second night, we had to go out, and as we were coming up, coming home on the dirt roads, it was pitch black. You had to have your high beams on. God forbid anybody ever walked out because they, you, you'd hit them. There's no way you wouldn't. But they're here as I'm taking the corner. There's six or seven deer just standing on the dirt road. They didn't move. They didn't even jump or anything. I stopped and they just went on their way. But I never saw another deer there the whole time we were there. We used to have raccoons. Never saw any raccoons. They would go up in our trees raccoons just disappeared and especially at, at, at night when we would hear the screams because a lot of crickets and noise and, and out there at night everything would stop right before the scream you wouldn't hear nothing you could couldn't, couldn't even hear a pin drop just dead silence and then the scream would come and now i know where it came from it had to be because i wish i if, I, if the technology that they have now was available to, available to me back then and I could have recorded the screen, who knows? But I wish I never saw footprints. And we had, I mean, it was a very sandy dirt roads and uh, my whole front yard was trees and sand. Hardly ever, hardly any grass. That's just the way the terrain is up there. The backyard had most, had, spots of grass but it was still very sandy but I never noticed any footprints I was never really looking for any footprints so um, even when I found the fence the way I found it there was nothing around it there were no footprints there was like nothing had 
disturbed the whole area where the fence was pushed down. Yeah, I've talked to guys who have looked into this for years, never had an encounter, always believed that this thing was real, and then they have an encounter, and the moment they see it, it's kind of like, holy crap, this is real. You know, even though they spent the last 20 years realizing that this is real. It's because there's so many people out there that don't believe in it. And it's almost like when you say, I believe in it, Nine out of the nine out of ten people are going to ridicule you and say, "Oh, you're crazy. There's no such thing. This is, this is made up." You know, they they're not the 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 general public, and with the shows that they're putting on that they put on TV, Finding Bigfoot, Mountain Monsters. I mean, as much as I love to see Bigfoot or Sasquatch out in the public eye, I would much rather watch a documentary than those shows because they they get to the point where they're just comical and it makes you know all these people that dedicate their lives and there's many you know there's we got your weekend warriors and then you got guys that stay out in the field a long time looking for this and it makes them look like they're crazy and they're not I I, I know what I saw I know what I ran into and there's nothing out there like it they, there has to be more you've got all these people that do see these things the only thing is as they say well there's never they never find a body well who knows <laughs> maybe they bury their bodies they, they, they're intelligent there's, there's no telling what they could do I'm honored that you come on and share the encounter with me, Randy. So thank you so much for. No, I appreciate being able to tell it. I really do. It makes me feel a lot better that I could get it out there. Yeah, and it's terrifying. You definitely had things leading up to your encounter, and I'm sure it was one of those moments of, oh, that's what all this has been. It's been this thing, you know, instead of a panther, instead of a, you know, homeless guy on the back of your property, instead of a bear. I'm sure there was that moment where you were kind of like, oh, that's what this thing is. Oh, yeah. You'd be surprised how your mind goes when you finally figure out what's been going on for, over, you know, like a year and a half. You know, if it had been a bear, well, things might have turned out differently. I don't know. Uh, people get mauled by black bears a lot. So I don't think I would have wanted to run into one of them either. But I never saw any bears up there i'm sure there are but never you know this this thing i would be willing to bet is still there and you know the you could go up up there anybody that's listening to this now that that knows the general area and uh and and scope it out and i guarantee you you're going to find something there i mean i don't think it would have moved on i think that's its home it's like two, it's a swamp, but when you look at it on Google Maps, it looks like two separate swamps, but it's actually one. The only bad part, bad thing about it, like I said, is the snakes. I mean, you, you, you got to be really, really careful getting around those things because they are extremely aggressive, the water moccasins up there. Never ran into any diamondbacks, but the water moccasins are, are horrible, really bad. Yeah, I've heard that. Well, Randy, I appreciate you coming on. Thanks for being here tonight. Thank you, Wes. We are now friends, and I will continue to listen to you guys. Thanks, man. 
You're welcome. And that's it for tonight, everyone. Remember, if you've had an encounter and you'd like to be on the show, shoot me an email. My email address is wes at sasquatchchronicles.com. If you get a chance, check out the website, become a subscriber, uh, sasquatchchronicles.com. Until next time, everyone, have a great night.
Run into Old Navy Saturday and Sunday for 50% off all Old Navy active styles for adults and kids. They're all 50% off. But hurry, it's Saturday and Sunday only at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 215 to 216 excludes in-store clearance and baby.